0: Chicago, this is Bruce Dubon with our beyond the beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democrat Dan Johnson, Republican Jeannie Ives, Democrat Ray Lopez, and Republican Chris Veronis. Our program tonight coming to you from the Museum of Broadcast Communications, the Paul and Angel Harvey Radio Studios in downtown Chicago. Nice to have you with us. Toll free lines open at one 800 723 80289 That's one 800 If you'd like to email me a comment, it's beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail.com. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, D-U-M-O. And, of course, if you can join us on the World Wide Web, it's beyondthebeltway.com. And, of course, you can also watch us on YouTube, and you can also watch us on the Beyond the Beltway Facebook page. And, again, uh, you can find us a variety of different ways. We're also uh, on uh, Spotify if you miss us. On radio, so we're, we're all over the place, but you can always find this week's show or any past show at beyondthebeltway.com. We've got another two hours, we had four great guests this evening, and I want to begin with Jeannie Ives. Jeannie, you have been a guest on this program for many, many years. Once upon a time, you were a state lawmaker. Uh, you then ran for the Republican nomination for governor. You ran very strongly, but you finished second in a two-person race or three-person race. And uh, you are now uh, having your eyes on, a, on going to Congress. And we'll talk about more more about that as the program unfolds. But my question to you is, did President Trump make a mistake by using his power and influence to get his friend Bibi Netanyahu to uh, put the kibosh on the visit by two members of the US House of Representatives, albeit critics of Israel?
1: No, I don't think that's a mistake at all and by the way um, I think the Israelis were going to do what the Israelis were going to do which is follow their law and if you are for the BDS movement um, their law flat out says that you're not going to be allowed into the country so the funny thing here is let's remember that uh, Tlaib then basically backed out after being invited on a humanitarian purpose. She backed out... Of, of that invitation, anyway. So, I mean, she's looking really bad in this thing, and and the truth is, they weren't even going with the official delegation. They were going with a different delegation that was more pro-Palestinian. And I think that I, you know, Trump's going to call his friends whenever he wants to. But obviously, this was an Israeli decision, and they're within their full rights to deny entry to whoever they want to based on their laws.
0: Dan Jackson, our progressive Democrat, this evening. Nice to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks. Reaction. I thought it was atrocious. I think
2: any member of Congress has every right to visit uh, any other country, and uh, democracies ought not I mean, that it feels very authoritarian, and it's the fundamental challenge of our current president is that he leans and supports authoritarians instead of small-d Democrats around the world, and it's just very authoritarian to say an elected member of Congress is denied the ability to visit another country because of their political views. Not to mention the only two Muslims in the U.S. House of Representatives.
0: Chris Faronis is our other Republican this evening. Chris, your reaction? Did the president do the right thing, the wrong thing, or uh, were were there no strings pulled?
3: Well, well, first, I just want to trigger warn everyone that I'm I'm going to have a very nuanced position here (laughs) on this. Um, Okay. Maybe somewhere in between Dan and Jeannie. But first of all, it's really important to say that the two members of Congress who were were attempting to go to Israel are whack jobs. Like two (laughs) of the four, as John Kennedy said, the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Israel can do what they want. In fact, they have a law um, prohibiting people who support BDS to come into the country. They did not want to get in the middle of this. They have an interest to maintain relations with Congress and the White House. They don't want erratic swings between... Uh, every four years. They don't want that. They didn't want to be put there. Trump forced their hands. Trump should stay out of it. He shouldn't be a divisive force within our own nation. Ray
0: Lopez joins us. He's been on the show before. He was recently reelected as an alderman, the 15th ward in Chicago, heavily Hispanic ward. Your reaction? Did the president, uh, uh, or let me ask you this way. Did both sides get what they wanted out of this
4: debate? I think both sides got the the publicity and the kind of stirring of the pot that they both wanted. I think the fact that you know Trump and his group were able to influence and push Israel to ban the two members of Congress who have been able to otherwise would have been able to show up is evident. But I also think uh, to Jeannie's point, when. Uh, The congresswoman was allowed to go. She refused. And even on my own Twitter, I put out there, well, if this was really about visiting your family in the West Bank, why didn't you go? Because the whole point (laughs) was, you should be more concerned about your family than about this political statement. And, you know, I don't know how this comment will be taken, but, you know, our legislators, just like, you know, people say Chicago legislators have a high opinion of themselves. So do American legislators. And we forget that the rest of the planet, has its own sovereign laws, has its own sovereign countries and rules, and that they don't necessarily have to bow to our whim simply because we show up at the door knocking. How is that for nuance. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, for, 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 It all must all the be next. the shirt. No, <laughs> back, <laughs> well, back to Dan's comment that these are the only two Muslim women in. Does anybody know, did Keith Ellison go? Because this is a traditional trip that usually first-term congressmen take over to Israel, and it's usually a U.S. official type of trip, uh, sponsored. Uh, Does anybody know if Keith Ellison went? He's a Muslim, too. This had nothing to do with their faith. It had to do with their policy positions on BDS and opposing Israel, plus all the anti-Semitic remarks that they have made in the past. So, Again, you know, well, and by running, the way, Israel Israel, Israel is not he, an authoritarian d- dictatorship. No. It is a democracy with in its, in its own
2: rules. And democracies need to uphold, especially in the face of the most authoritarian president we've had in a hundred Author- years. Honestly, every, around the world, he always chooses to the side of the autocrat. And um, a president who has been trying to implement a Muslim ban in this country, which cuts against what America is about. That is, is not about. true, Dan. That is entirely true. It's an American dark country, Ray, but Ray, I'll Ray, Let me just Ray. ask
4: this question. If this were, were reversed in a way, let's say if some of our mm-hmm. pro-anti-immigrant congressmen were trying to go to Mexico and they were refused entry, would we be as worked up there as we are in this situation? Because the comments, the rhetoric, are all the same. The the tint that's there is all the same. And Mexico yeah. has made it very clear that they are not happy with how America is treating their indigenous folks here. And if they were to say, we don't want you that guys is coming not down there. No, no, I'm sorry, no, this, but
1: you'll have to back that up with a little bit of fact. Because no, Mexico. Okay, okay, yeah. Because Mexico it's, yeah. has been very cooperative with this this uh, president. When he asked for them to secure this, their southern border, they put 21,000 of their own troops on that border. But Do they when all, he asked them to allow refuge and uh, for asylum seekers on mm-hmm. their side of the border, then Mexico complied with that. They have already approved the uh, new uh, NAFTA 2.0 uh, treaty, so they're, they're supportive of President Trump on and on and on again. So th- this is not about Mexico and, at all. Well, No, no, it was okay. hypothetical,
4: but it's also in light of the fact that especially following the recent mass shootings in like, El Paso, where the Mexican government was quite vocal in the Americans' ability to keep mexicans safe in this country they were well they're quite not vocal mexicans i'm sorry no, no, they're they were, Americans. They were, re- they were referring they to mexican Americans. immigrants as well in this country
3: in this day and age it, it may sound a little quaint to say that criticism should stop at the water's edge but it should and if Barack Obama did something like that, although he's sort of an imperfect example because he is the deporter in, uh, in, chief. in chief. That's right. Um, but if he, if he told the Mexican government, don't allow these members of Congress in your country, that would be as deplorable but wait a as <laughs> Trump,
5: Trump saying that to Israel.
1: Donald Trump didn't lead.
5: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
6: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm a
8: veteran. My victory was going from
9: homeless to
8: home.
7: At DAV. We all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Nice to have you with us. 1-800-723-8289 is the telephone number. We're talking about uh, uh, our two members of the squad and their uh, visits uh, to Israel, attempted visit to Israel. And we're talking about whose whose side. But I I want to go back to a political question. I think I asked it right. But realistically, both sides win in this debate, don't they? I mean, it helps the squad. And it helps the president. Um, it, it may pr- not help Bibi. I mean, I guess it's certainly. If the president
2: has been very clear, his political strategy is: I am a base president. I need forty percent of the country to stay with me, come hell or high water. Then it's probably a smart move for him. Um, but I don't think it's fair to say uh, that you know uh, Ilhan you know got what you wanted. I think um, I think it's
0: should publicity.
2: It, I mean, I mean, it's it's in uh, it in a. In a Especially with a president who continues to, uh, you know, genie, it's just a fact, try to enforce a, an, a, just an offensive on its face Muslim ban. You know, it can't be something that you want when you're trying to go to another country to say like, oh, you know... You're not allowed well, in. Well, she disagrees with you on that. Wait, what, was the, a M- what was the Muslim so man? What was the Muslim man, It's Dan. the Muslim man that, what was it like? In the what first, was
1: at the very beginning where he said, if you're from this, these countries, completely which by the way, had yes. been completely, uh, those are the same countries that Barack Obama as president had also identified as being countries from which you cannot it's, determine, it's, 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 wait, it's a wait a minute. You cannot determine whether or not they are qualified refugees and 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 you cannot check them out for asylum status because it's a two-year vetting process and with no solid government to back up any of the vetting you can't bring them in and so people typically associate quote-unquote Muslim ban with that initial action to ban people from seven countries that are identified as being unstable and unverified yeah, for, wow. for asylum seekers. And there, that was the same list that Barack Obama did, so, so I don't understand. we're going
2: to a fact-free zone that the president doesn't tweet out. <laughs> we want a Muslim ban that courts of appeals didn't <laughs> overturn executive orders Indeed. because, in fact, it is violated of the First Amendment. If that's you know, well, if that's I, the zone we want to live in, we can. But. Chris, I won't, Chris, I, I want to go, go
0: back to you. I want to ask a question uh, because you have been critical of the president for a long time. You were not a fan during the primary. Uh, I think you've admitted on this program you didn't even vote for him. I don't know whether you want to restate that or not. But my question to you... Well, right? actually, I will restate it. I voted for none of the above. Okay. So my question to you in 2020, because there, there have been some uh, suggestions this week... Uh, that the president be challenged it's coming from talk show hosts like like Joe Walter at WYND and also uh, former Congressman Mark Sanford uh, was on uh, television today talking about whether he might run. Do you want right now at this moment in place would it be good, would you be happy with a primary challenge to the president?
3: Conceptually um, well, well first of all Trump will get the nomination. No question about it. Oh, I don't no think there's anybody that about would it.
0: doubt that. But my question—that was not my I, question.
3: I, I conceptually, um, I think a debate about why we're incurring a trillion-dollar deficit. I think that's healthy. I, I think these questions need to be asked, especially because Trump just doesn't care about fiscal responsibility. Really doesn't, and it admitted it um, outright. Wasn't going to touch entitlements. And so I think that debate would be healthy, um, and, and so, and in that respect, I think it would be good. But at the end of the day, it's it's really a moot point because none of these challengers are going to hold a candle. So what time.
2: about Bill Weld? He's running.
0: No, he is running. Yeah, he. But uh, I mean, my question to so what to the Republican? You, you know a thing about Republican primaries. Yes. Uh, should this president? I'm not, should this president be challenged, or would a challenge? Would a challenge to the president? Be better for you. I mean, you're 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 running a, in a in a in a primary yourself. Would it would it be good for you if there was more action out there? Would would uh, the Republicans get a fairer share of the news coverage if there was a challenge?
1: Probably they would get a better share of news coverage. But uh, Trump creates his own new, news, and he's going to be the nominee, and he's going to win election again. And uh, as long as the economy stays on track, this is this is a done deal. So look, when I when I like somebody on policy, I like them on policy. When it supports uh, my district, I support the I support it. Uh, I mean, I don't play follow the leader. Just ask our former governor, who was mm-hmm. a Republican. Uh, so. Uh, You know, President Trump is doing a a good job on a number of fronts. I would agree. I didn't agree with the budget deal, but you had, that was a Nancy Pelosi Pelosi budget, and Trump decided to pick his battles. Um, Unfortunately, I'm a fiscal conservative, and that's a battle I would have fought. But uh, I think, you know, if you look at the economy, he's doing great. If you look at securing the border, people want the border secured. They do not like... Um, the chaos that went on at the border with, you know, over 100,000 people trying to get over per month. Uh, they know that that affects their communities long term. Uh, so people are with him.
0: Uh, Ray, uh, during the break, we mentioned you are a ward committeeman. That means uh, you're, the, you're the Democratic Party d- director of your ward. My <laughs> question to you is, uh, and you're smiling about that because that's usually a pejorative in this town. <laughs> I swear a different word was
4: coming, but okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My question is during the break, I asked you uh, whether you have a favorite for 2020 in the Democratic primary, and you said no. Why did no, you say
4: no? At this point, no. I don't have a particular candidate that I'm supporting or let alone excited for at this point. Uh, not to be mistaken with that I'm supporting Trump, because I'm not, but I think that right now our party has been zigzagging left, left, and lefter, and then occasionally we'll get someone who's somewhat closer to the middle. Um, but it, it seems like uh, for the kind of people that I represent, everyday people in Chicago, blue-collar, you know, African-American, Latino, uh, white ethnic, you know, none of the messaging that we're getting is anything that really resonates directly to the needs that we're dealing with. People who are struggling with their bills struggling to keep their homes trying to make it in today's economy and until we start hearing about what everyone else cares about as, as, as opposed to the far left or even, uh, for the Republicans, the far right fringes, you're going to have a very disengaged electorate, and it's going to make it harder for someone like myself to go out there and say, okay, we have candidate X here who's going to be our, our pre- presumptive nominee that we have to push for.
0: Is it clear to you and is it clear to your constituents, which are a vast majority Hispanic, is it clear to them what the position of the Democratic Congressional Party is on immigration
4: no i don't think it's clear to i don't think it's clear to them or clear to anybody for that matter i mean we've had uh congressional leadership here in the city of chicago that made a, an entire career out of fighting for immigration reform 23 28 years fighting for immigration reform and have really gotten nothing out of it and i think what people want to see is they're tired of feeling afraid they'd like themselves to have a pass to become citizens. They'd like to become a part of the American dream. Um, And I don't think they quite realize the fact that more often than not, they are just pawns in this game Mm -hmm. for left and for right, Mm -hmm. just so that we could keep them as second-class members of our own American society without any intent by Democrats or Republicans to make them fully functioning voting members of our democracy. When the
0: president makes comments Mm -hmm. about Baltimore and then extends his comments by suggesting that big cities are they've been controlled for fifty plus years by democrats and you look at the inner cities of those major cities you will find there's not a lot of happy campers there because their life has not progressed well would you say that that is a fair assessment and if, if it wasn't
4: coming from donald trump would that be something you could agree with well i think if you look at the context of why donald trump said it i think is what Uh, angered a lot of people. He's obviously responding back to what uh, the congressman was stating about him. It appeared that it was a a racially motivated attack back on him and on the black communities in his district. Um, But that being said, if you look at even in Chicago, we know that there are different ways that different congressmen respond to different things. There were hundreds, if not thousands, of shootings in many of the black majority congressional districts in the city of Chicago and Cook County. Um, There was a shooting in Evanston, I remember, one shooting. And that congressman came back immediately with half a million dollars in federal anti-violence funds. Now, if the same were true and applied to the other congressional districts, we'd have millions of dollars going to those same districts that are impacted heavily by violence if the response were the same by members of Congress universally. They're not. And I think sometimes we need someone, whether we like it or not, to remind us that this is not how we're meant to live and we have to push forward. Now, I'd be more impressed if Donald had, in fact, said, okay, your neighborhoods are bad, they're disinvested, here's my plan to do it. But that was not what he said. He just merely pointed out that people have been struggling, blamed it on the Democrats, but left it no further though. than wait, that. Wait a minute, Wait, he's
1: got the lowest black unemployment in history. He's got the lowest Hispanic his unemployment in history. He's got the lowest youth unemployment rate in, in for the last 50 years. I mean, he is by far been a success to minority communities and the fact that he's raising this uh, uh, for an attention getter in Baltimore, Chicago, wherever, that is a good thing. Well, it, look, you of- cannot defend decade after decade, nearly a century of Democrat control of Chicago that is bankrupt and corrupt. By the way, Alderman Sleas, Alderman Quinn. I mean, this. I know this is a national show, but we have multiple aldermen under federal investigation. Not Quinn, but Burke and and Kerry Austin, and you name it. And then a state senator now, forty-one indictments on embezzlement. You've got the governor, a Democrat, under federal investigation for property fraud. This city has been run by Democrats and running to the ground, looking at a billion-dollar deficit in the city of Chicago. Citizens fleeing. You've got this is like out. No, it doesn't. Oh, yes, This it is does. Chicago. Most corrupt well, this, that is in absolutely years. not true. But I think the Chicago corruption has destroyed. Have gone to prison no, prison. no,
4: corruption it has destroyed in Illinois has been quite bipartisan. I it has, has destroyed, destroyed communities. I mean, corruption and, on and both there's, sides. Wait a is wait quite minute. Bipartisan. You
1: have had Democrat leadership in Chicago since like 1920. This is this is what you own. You own it as as a, a party, and it's not gotten better. Trump is on target and on message. But about But
0: when we come back, we got, we got to pause. We got to go to a break. I'm gonna let you comment. And Dan, you've been quiet as a church mouse. I'm so trying. we're gonna hear from you <laughs> when we come back. One 723 A very rare thing. One 8289 two three
6: eighty two eighty nine. I'm Bruce Dumont.
11: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power switch mobile phones and devices to power saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov slash emergency.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. We have four great guests this evening. We'll let them introduce themselves now and begin with one of our Republicans, Jeannie Ives. Jeannie?
1: Hi, I'm Jeannie Ives, and and I'm a congressional candidate for Illinois' 6th District.
0: Now, the last time you were on this show, uh, you had just uh, been defeated in the Republican primary. But you ran as a, as a Republican against the governor. We should and say
2: barely defeated, which barely, it was, it was very, very no, impressive. No, no, no. Thank bar- you. Bar- barely de- bar- you're Thank right. You. Barely defeated.
0: Bar- barely defeated. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. But uh, prior to that, you were in the Illinois General Assembly, and all of your issues were state-related issues, a lot of them That's fiscal-related and, and also some social mm-hmm. issues. What was it about the run for Congress that said to you and your family, okay, this is where I want to go next, as opposed to Springfield.
1: Well, I mean, it really is sad for me to say this because I've lived in Illinois for 27 years, but the state is literally bankrupt. It's the worst-run state in the nation. This is not coming from me. This is the Mercatus study who says it all the time. And uh, you know we've seen what big government does to destroy people's lives. Um, housing prices are you know in collapse in the state and everything else. And we don't need big government export to the federal government. And that's exactly what you're getting with my challenger. He is uh, in favor of green new deal uh, ideas. He likes Medicare for all. He he has bought into all that. And then on top of it, he said he needed a pay raise. And we looked at this and we're like, no. You know what? Um, I, we understand that Illinoisans can't have a second layer of big government thrust upon them, and so that, that's the challenge. Do you believe in freedom and the free enterprise, backed up by the rule of law, or do you really think that big government's going to solve all your problems? The answer to that is obviously the free enterprise system, rule of law wins out, okay. and that's why we're
0: going to Congress. Okay, and we, we will have your opponent uh, uh, primary and, and general assembly a uh, general election opponent, if indeed you make it to the general election, which you may, okay. you may have a good chance there. Thank you, yeah. Dan
2: Johnson. Hi, I'm Dan Johnson. The run. Uh, Why
0: haven't you run for something?
2: Hey, I'm on the library board. I, oh I should be referred to God. exclusively as the Honorable Dan Johnson. Huh. Exclusively, please, Bruce. Proper, exclusively, proper respect honorable. must I, be paid. Should we put
0: that under your uh, super now? Yes,
2: please, Trustee Johnson.
3: Exclusively. Have you banned National Review from the library yet? I've tried. I only, yeah, I can't get another I vote. It. I can't yeah, get a second. I believe right. it.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I'm on my library board uh, uh, and uh, run a uh, small shop called Progressive Public Affairs where I used to lobby Jeannie Ives. I, I occasionally got a vote out of her, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm common sense. Chris, <laughs> Chris Veronis, tell us who you are.
3: I'm Chris Veronis. I'm um, principal of the ESOP Communications Group, it's a communications firm, an occasional blogger, an avid listener of Beyond the Beltway.
4: Very good. And Ray Lopez. I'm Raymond Lopez. I'm Alderman of Chicago's 15th Ward, member of the City Council now in my second term on the southwest side of the city, uh, representing many of the historic neighborhoods our city's come to know and love.
0: And uh, regular listeners to this program know that periodically we unfortunately talk about the crime problem of the shootings and the killings uh, in the city of Chicago. You have been an outspoken critic, uh, taken yourself to the streets, uh, to try to speak and, and, and tap down violence in your area, uh, you have been threatened uh, by being outspoken, uh, but you made it through re-election. So my question to you is: Is there any hope? I mean, what? what but we have a new mayor now. You you you're you're not getting along famously with her. You're perceived as one of her critics, but and <laughs> and she won you know all 50 awards. So it, it, that, that takes a lot of courage. But are you optimistic that uh, there can be a change and and do you have some suggestions you could make to reduce uh, gun violence in Chicago?
4: Look, in 2016, my ward was considered ground zero for the violence in the city of Chicago. We had a, a huge influx of assault weapons that had made their way into the neighborhood. Gangs were using them, competing with them and each other, seeing who they could kill the most of. Uh, they actually had a loan program between gang members and gangs. To, you know, If my gang over here needed an AR-15, we could get it on loan from this gang, and so on and so forth. Um, so much so that at one point, they were exploding vehicles on good Friday uh, just before Easter in the middle of my neighborhood's main park Um, that was then Uh, we are now in 2019 and yes you know I did stand up to the gangs I've stand up to the slumlords and the people who support and enable them in my communities and I know that there's hope because we have seen a a dramatic reduction in the amount of violence in my communities but you have to be willing to call out the crime for what it is you have to call out gang members who are committed to terrorizing in their neighborhoods for who they and what they are which are urban terrorists and you have to go after the people who empathize them otherwise you will never break this generational cycle in our city
0: there is there is a debate at the national level as to whether or not uh... acts of domestic violence should be should be labeled for that uh... whether it's in el paso whether it's in uh... whether it's in ohio do you believe that as part of a national program that maybe it's time to start looking at gang urban gangs as domestic terrorists and should they be put on a special watch list by the federal government and is that way is that one way to reduce crime if if they had the feds looking over their shoulder and aggressively pursuing them as opposed to ex- exclusively uh, either uh, the City of Chicago Police Department or the Sheriff's Office. I
4: th- I think absolutely. If we look at the, dom- the the domestic acts of terror and violence that we've seen, not domestic violence, but you know those those shootings, things of that nature. No. You know, you can have in El Paso where you've got 38 people dead, 17 killed, or whatever the stats were, uh, in one incident. Or you could come to Chicago and have the same thing on a slow roll throughout the entire weekend. The end result is still the same. Hundred, you know, at the end of the year, we're going to have hundreds of people who've been murdered, thousands who have been shot by a small subset of our society that is committed to those acts, and we need to treat them all for the threats that they are to our neighborhoods. Identifying who they are is a must. That is why there's such a heated debate in Chicago about the gang database. We already work with our federal partners
10: to try explain and explain the co-
4: dang, uh, gang database to our audience. So, the gang database in its current form is a hodgepodge collection of interagency information that identifies individuals who have come in contact with law enforcement at some level and have been identified as a gang member or gang associate as it relates to the crimes that they were pulled over for. In Chicago, 88% of the individuals on our gang database were self-identified gang members. So we often hear that it's the wrong people on the list, but 88% of them are self-identified. Now, without the ability to track and monitor these individuals' activities, we're not able to, to to actively and aggressively go after them follow them and ensure that they are doing no more damage than what they've already caused and I think to have the federal government's assistance to have a unified system and not you know ha- a dozen or so separate lists that are maintained by the various alphabetical agencies of the government uh, would be a very good help to the solving violence I want to get
0: everybody's <coughs> reaction to, to just that Jeannie,
4: and well, then, I, uh,
1: I'd like to get uh, Ray's reaction to the fact that the Chicago FOP put up their own website that essentially says, look, uh, Kim Fox, you're letting all, he, she's the state's attorney for Cook County, you're letting convicted felons out immediately and they're there to re-offend and these are folks that have ma- had violent criminal pasts, and are got caught with guns and they put actually another website up so you talk about the gang website the gang offenders you've got another website by fop that shows how quickly they get out of jail after com- after a gun uh, violation uh that is definitely the problem you had a two-time convicted felon Brought up on a gun charge, out for a week, kills a 15-year-old. This is what's happening in the city of Chicago. You've got an enforcement problem from the state's attorney's office, not the police.
4: Well, there's no argument. And okay, and, good, that's and, great. And I'm not arguing yeah. with my police officers because I've had good. individuals have come into my neighborhood who were awaiting court one day and shooting the next. And if those individuals had been locked up or had been treated mm-hmm. as aggressively for That's the right. first crime, then we would not have in, had the situation that unfolded upon itself. But is,
0: uh, is the politics of the city, we just had a mayor's race in Chicago, is the politics of the city, to, to the point of the, uh, the, 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 the state's attorney is African American, Kim Fox, is critics of the gang database also believe that it's, it, it, it's, it's racial in its makeup, and it's giving police officers an opportunity to stop uh, African-Americans on the street. Or it might be Latinos as well, but again, at least the public discussion is more about African-Americans on the street. This is, this is just another way for cops to stop and, and uh, chat up uh, blacks on the street. You- is that a problem?
4: You know what? If you're Officer Bruce in my district and I'm gangbanger Raymond Lopez, odds are you know what I'm doing in the neighborhood. That's right. You know that me standing on the corner isn't just because I happen to be Latino and I'm just looking around for nothing to do. You as an officer are already well aware of what my intentions are, what my connections are, what my histories are, and what I'm likely to do. And the gang database was the coalescing of that knowledge from the officers on the street into a document that could be used universally when gang members move and migrate throughout the city. It is not inherently racist when it's individuals who have known patterns of violence against their communities, when they have known gang members. Would you agree
0: that some political leaders have cried racism about the gang database and that they're wrong? 100% Mm -hmm, they are.
4: The same people who are crying that this is racist or discriminatory or that want the abolition of this list are not in my neighborhood. They were not there having to see a gang memorial with 10 people shot three hours later by someone with an mm-hmm. AK-47 because they were posting it on social media. They're not there dealing with these issues. They're there for the for the philosophical... Warm and fuzzy, oh, we're trying to help all people. But they're not dealing with the issues of the violence in the street and with tools that actually help Mm -hmm. us address those individuals. Just
0: just, just one quick follow up. The the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, during the campaign, she talked about looking into this gang database. She didn't say she was going to get rid of it automatically. Her her opponent did. My question to you is now that she's been mayor for a couple of three months, what is your position on that? How has she reacted to that? That's the question. You have to pause for a break. Uh, we'll give you a chance to talk about that and we'll hear from our other awesome. guests when we roll on from Chicago. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us.
5: Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen, now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
8: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what
10: you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Nice to have you with us. We'll go to calls in just a moment, but uh, we're we're uh, we're trying to solve an issue of of, uh, of violence. And by the way, this is not just going on in Chicago; it's going around uh, around the country. And uh, Chris Varonis, uh, you wanted to weigh in on this discussion because you think there's an issue that there's the there's the ten thousand pound elephant in the room that we have not touched yet: guns.
3: Yeah, which is guns and. Um You know, unfortunately, these tragedies that you see across the um, country—they happen in Chicago every weekend, pretty much—with a higher death toll. And um, you know, thankfully, the um, the idea that is being considered right now—the the the gun violence restraining orders or it's the red flag laws—that are being considered. I think is a balanced way to look at this, a bottom-up way that respects due process, that removes guns for cause, right? This is, it's too bad that this policy wasn't considered before, but everything else, and I defy my friends on the left, everything else will be completely ineffectual. And, you know, I think it's dishonest to tell a nation, a grieving nation, after these tragedies, that background checks will make a difference. Let me
2: tell you something. I think it's outrageous that the terrorists that are hunting our country, the urban terrorists that are uh, slow roll, as the alderman said, over Chicago, and the white supremacists that are hunting our citizens down because of the color of their skin all around our nation are, and radicalized online in these atrocious communities of hate are permitted to what possess. Do, let me finish. Weapons do? of war. Damn. The idea that assault weapons are permitted in a civilized country is outrageous. Oh, and in, they're not you permitted. In a, they're in, not permitted. Assault weapons are,
1: are not permitted. In what you cannot is cannot have an
2: we have this weird cult Dude. of guns in our country. <laughs> that's infected for far it's too long. It's called the Second so, Amendment. So of my friends on the right. It's and called what the it Second Amendment,
3: Wait a minute. The ability
2: what? to possess these Horribly destructive yes. weapons. Define an assault
0: weapon yeah. Define we assault weapon. an AK forty-seven
1: or an AR. Yeah. You cannot. You cannot,
4: you can ha- you cannot. Can have one. But that's the no. problem. It's not the market. That's the problem. It's this—the fact that we're still manufacturing them. Period. In any form. Define the military. Yeah. But you know what? But that's yeah. not. reality. An and I have to tell an you yeah. that an AR fifteen. An AR fifteen. What is it?
1: What does the A stand for? What does the R stand for? See here's if what I It does not stand for assault rifle. It
4: stands for an, an
1: light yeah. rifle. Okay. That, Jean, it does not but, yeah. stand Jean, Jean, for assault. You know what it's time. in my
4: neighborhood? Death. Okay, I'm <laughs> it's sorry. It's It's what it stands uh, for. And yes. when you can put together one of those weapons because of a Facebook order, and and that I can is, buy, no part, way, I'm sorry. buy part by part, which gang members do, or I can go down and That to is Tennessee, illegal. North that's Carolina. illegal. We know that's it's illegal. illegal.
1: Okay, and why well, does illegal. knowing it's
4: illegal ever stop? Exactly. The crime. That's the but point. You have to get the to gang, where gang members One at
1: a time. One at a time. Okay.
0: Jeannie, finish up. The
1: point is, is that you've got all the laws on the book, they're not enforced, and the criminals don't care and you got to put these people that you find with gun gun convictions you have to put them away for a long time period full stop and it has to happen immediately but you a know with banning
4: assault, banning okay. assault, That's, assault weapons okay right. okay, oh, okay. So
0: i want uh, uh, to go back
1: to a knife is an assault weapon
0: we were having a discussion with some can of the, be an assault about weapon. some of the other things and by but you the way i'm not 60 people with a hammer in i'm i'm, I'm not it. denying that. but i want to I go back to are there other practical things that we are talking about we talked about the gang database yeah you explained what the gang ba- database was. To most people listening to this program, the gang ba- database sounds like a good idea, unless you have politicians saying, well, it's racist, and then you're going to get a whole group of people who are going to be against it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because someone has decided to use the, the R-word All to right. try to I, kill a, a function. Now, would me, you
2: agree with that? I, let me put the, on the that, other side of that debate, just to be to not knock down a straw man, um, uh... Take the case that happened uh, five or six days ago when six idiot teenagers from Chicago uh, stole some unlocked cars up in the suburbs, went to steal another one, um, and a homeowner shot and killed, you know, had a a weapon, uh, one of the kids. Um, Kid died, um, and the other five are now charged with first-degree murder, um, which the, the reason I raised that, besides it's outrageous that you could charge somebody for murder when um, they didn't commit the act, is that often most folks would say like, "Oh, they must be in a gang where in many cases, uh, teenage stupidity can often be um, you know wrapped up in gang membership, which is not the same as the sort of true terrorists, the sort of appalling leaders that ought to be given that label, and it is I think
1: the often facts of folks the case are swept
2: so. up in sort of gang identification when it isn't uh, I don't think it's always appropriate. I think that's the concern on the other side.
1: Dan, uh, six people attacking an elderly gentleman at his home. he protects his property, he protects his wife. From six rogue kids coming up, he doesn't know how old the kid is. He just sees them. He's seventy-five years I don't old. Have an objection He's to an him. authorized. Gun. I don't have any objection. To okay. him. I have the
2: objection to charging the other five with murder. But you
1: know who? You know who put that law on the books? That's a, that is a Illinois law. That is not a Are national still, law. That's you, an Illinois law. And the Democrats control the legislature, and they've controlled the legislature on that thing. So your Democrats colleagues put that law on the books.
2: Maybe you voted for it, Jamie. No, <laughs> I
1: didn't. <laughs> well, no, you, I no, I didn't. No, I book? didn't.
2: Do you think we should roll back? Because I do. Uh,
1: I don't. I, you know what? I'm not sure about that.
2: Do you yeah, give it some thought? It's they, a, it's well, an it one. was
1: obviously done to to actually combat the gang violence that you see, that Ray have seen in his neighborhood. So. You, uh, again, this is something that's sorted back. out yeah. by we're a jury, whether the circumstances fit. Yes.
0: 2020 politics, and we're going to pick up a little more on this subject as well, but also other issues when we roll on. we got five minutes of news for those listening to the program on radio. You're watching us on television. Stay right where you are.
5: Samberg. And I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 Champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
8: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online
10: at socialsecurity.gov.
11: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power switch mobile phones and devices to power saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov emergency.
5: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
6: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
6: I'm
8: a veteran. My victory was going
9: from homeless to home.
7: At DAV. we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh, one of the other issues that we want to talk about is immigration, but an, uh, basically a new wrinkle. Uh, the, the Trump administration has now said that if you're coming to the United States legally, he wants to put some protections in there that uh, you have some wherewithal, financial wherewithal, uh, to uh, care for yourself or anybody that you're sponsoring. And a lot of people have said that they think this is a horrible idea, uh, the president's being tough again. And Fritz, uh, not Fritz, but uh, uh, Chris, what, what is your take on the president's position? Is it a good idea? Is he standing up for the taxpayers of the United States? Or is he being punitive?
3: Well, as the son of immigrant parents, uh, this is bad policy on, on multiple levels in my mind. Um, I mean, it's being billed as saving taxpayer dollars. But what this is really about is preventing immigrants from coming in the country. Um, and um, so, so on one hand, you're giving bureaucrats obscene power um to decide, to read the tea leaves about who might violate these these new rules that have been imposed which by the way is the biggest policy change in immigration to date it's huge and it just kind of raises the question but why why isn't this uh, why isn't this an act of congress why is this some kind of administrative function? It bothers me. It bothers me that we're making policy um, in the background when this should be open to debate. We should know what these rules are. I don't like the idea of a Democrat coming in and imposing some ridiculous Rube Goldberg health care policy and Congress is out of it. So I think this is a really bad precedent on multiple levels.
0: Policy. It's an old policy. It's an old policy that's been it's around for It's an old long time.
3: policy which underscores that the system is broken and we need fundamental reform because it was about alms. It
4: was about almshouses, which don't exist anymore. Ray Lopez. You know, I think, it, I think it's bad on a number of fronts. I think it's just another example of... The president's racist attitude towards who is coming into this country—you know, forever—it's been yeah. give us your, you're tired, you're poor, you're weak, whatever. Now it's you know, give me your white and your educated that and people with true. money. Um, that's the undercurrent true. of what that message is, because we're we are excluding the American dream, the Great American experiment, to people who now can't pass a litmus, a financial litmus test. And if that were the case, I probably would not be here. You may not be here. Half our Half our city might not be here, half our country might not be here, if that was the, the terms set on our people. But
0: under the old rules, when you came to the United States, didn't you have to have a sponsor that was watching over you and so that you would not become a burden of the state? Isn't that the way it was for
4: decades? But even if you have a sponsor, if you're saying that if you have a sponsor you know, and you still don't have means, we're not going to let you in that's not acceptable you know when you start finding fine-tuning ways to exclude people and you're cherry-picking who you want in and who you don't um and yes it might be an old rule doesn't mean it's necessarily right we were just having conversation about things in chicago going back for for since the 1920s not necessarily right you know i think immigration is one of those things as chris said that you should have oversight you should have ability so that it's beyond the purview of political whim um just think of like The gun issue that we were talking about earlier do you want things decided just by executive order moving forward because at that point you've just completely rendered mute the entire united states congress and why do you even keep them if the president by fiat or directive is just going to start directing policy jeannie
1: okay so first of all let's get let's get this straight first of all this policy has been in effect since the late 1800s second of all this is an expansion of the definition of what whether or not you would be a public charge, and so it's just before if you had if you had um, uh, cash assistance and you were going to or you were elderly and going to immediately need taxpayer support for the rest of your life, they looked at that as to whether or not you should be allowed to legally immigrate here. He has simply expanded it to include food stamps and Medicaid as part of that that continuum of, like, are you going to be a public charge? Now, Ray, obviously, you're not going to be a public charge in in the United States. They've, They've looked at that. So it's not that. It doesn't apply to refugees. It doesn't apply to asylum seekers. And there's other reasons that it also will not be allowed. But for most people, look, even when they came into Ellis Island, there were discriminators as to whether or not you were going to be allowed entrance into the U.S. We've been doing this for a long time.
3: Discriminating. Exactly, exactly, because if, Dan, if, if you were disabled, if you were disabled, if you had I, a sickness me, or an illness,
1: it's another, you hi,
2: It's another example of how Donald Trump just <clears throat> doesn't get <clears throat> fundamental economics. And what he's essentially doing is by continuing to dampen down immigration that 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, we're not going to have the next Apple, who is the son of a refugee. We're not going to have more of our Fortune 500 companies 30% of them or 40% of them were started by immigrants. Immigrants work hard. They're hustlers. We should thank them for coming. And the them? more, um, the, the vast majority. Look, immigrants compared to. Majority. Nobody's the, disagreeing let me, let me with say, that. Donald I'm not disagreeing Trump, with that. His entire political. Base is about. Let's pretend we're just starting with terrorists, and by the time we get to October twenty twenty, let's say let's just clamp down on all legal immigration because that's what they are about. In the in the the besides the humanitarian stupidity, the economic tragedy. Should
0: there be no uh, economic responsibility for people coming to this country and wanting to immigrate to this country? Should they have no responsibility. Uh, to me, hold, hold I'll tell on. you what. Right. I, I,
2: I think the it is an archetypical American story of the penniless immigrant showing up and hustling his or her yeah. way and into a fortune. Like, like, so, so, like our governor, right? Okay, our billionaire go ahead. governor oh, okay. whose grandfather, I think, is right. a penniless yeah, immigrant. So you to said, me, my, here, my, I don't want a Financial litmus test because what I want in this country is what we're built off of: people with grit, people that hustle, people that work. You don't need to be born with any money or have any money to come here. You just need to work hard. Anybody that gets here, by the way, that is hard to get here.
0: But again, but then, I, we've, we are, we, we've yeah. heard we've heard stories on this program for for thirty years now, mostly from Southern California listeners who talk about when they go into their local into the local uh, hospital, uh, they they can't they they're citizens they can't get. A medical treatment, because illegal immigrants... We're not talking about picking, illegal immigrants. Um, um, or, that, or we could be talking about illegal immigrants. They're talking about people that look different than yeah. they do. So, and they're so basically saying the hospital waiting rooms are filled with people who are being serviced In many cases, they're not being charged for their service because they don't have money. The question is, do you want that to be the law of the land? Every single
1: Democrat presidential nominee said that they want full Medicaid provided to anybody who steps across our border. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. and that's I, the problem here. Easy. There I, has I, to be
10: personal.
1: Look, if We're you paying. want to put uh, the a time frame, you, pay. Pay. you, could, you could basically say citizenship denied if you're not self sufficient we, we don't pay, pay for it now when you got a trillion-dollar debt. You can do it anyway. That's the
3: other thing. We can't afford it. not about benefits for illegal aliens or undocumented. That's not what that's this is about. That's a different subject. The problem is that but the definition of public charge is extremely vague. That's right. It's extremely vague, and now this all this does is it empowers bureaucrats to make the judgment calls. There's no bright line rules. There, there, there's different weighting. Who's to, supposed to, to, to make to the decision? New, the
0: bureaucrats. No, he didn't know. They do already. They do now already make that decision. When you go in decision. and you want to come into this country legally, there is a bureaucrat that's sitting across from you, interviewing you, and they decide. You either get a stamp to come in, or you get a stamp to leave. A bureaucrat does yeah, that.
3: R- right, right. Well, Bruce, the net effect of this, without question, is going to be fewer people are going to immigrate. Be, immigrate, and these are. And Dan is actually right about this. The National Academy of Science. Why say fewer people? The National Academy of well, Science. The goal
5: is. That's not what the administration's goal is. That's not happening.
3: There's zero evidence. Are net contributors they contribute more to the economy than the
5: services that they consume. That That is... ...and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
6: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
8: I'm a veteran. My victory was going
9: from homeless to home.
7: At DAV... we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
0: Bruce, we do you want back? We're going to talk about uh, some Democratic politics uh, right now with our guests. Uh, after man. I report, uh, well, the <laughs> Republicans can weigh in on that. I'm sure you'll have an opinion or two. Uh, the, uh, the Fox News has come out with a poll. This is of, of Democratic primary voters, uh, primarily in Iowa and uh, in New Hampshire. And it has currently Joe Biden at 31%. Elizabeth Warren at 20 percent, Bernie Sanders down to 10 percent, Kamala Harris at 8 percent, Cory Booker at 3 percent, um, um, Pete Buttigieg at 3 percent, and Andrew Yang at 3 percent. The Yang gang makes it. <laughs> the Yang gang makes it. Well, let me ask you this question because you have identified yourself. You were a you were a, uh, a floor whip for Bernie Sanders at the Democratic convention. I the was. Lesson. And. Uh, uh, what is your uh, assessment of the apparent decline of enthusiasm for Bernie Sanders? Uh, many of your former supporters and yeah. friends seem to be going towards Elizabeth Warren. First of all, do you agree with that assessment? Um,
2: I think it's an interesting overlapping constituency. I think the 16 dynamics are, are clearly very different. It's a jump ball in 20. And so I think uh, Bernie... I so one way you can say it is that in a lot of ways, <clears throat> Bernie won the policy debate. And so now there's a lot of space for folks to take more progressive positions, which typically excite a lot more folks. So Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, there's not a ton of daylight between them on policy. Um, and so, um, you know, Joe Biden's not not incumbent in the way that Hillary, I think, was uh, largely perceived to have that incumbency status, uh, where you know she had 80% of the endorsements. So I think that the uh, sort of progressive lane, uh, there's just a lot more room for more candidates. And um, I think uh, Elizabeth Warren has run an exceptional campaign. It's been very policy-oriented. She's had, um, you know, uh, she's just been doing a great job.
0: Uh, Ray, uh, is there anybody on this list, uh, who you are surprised that they're on the list or surprised they're off the list? In other words, they don't even hit 3%.
4: Well, I'm surprised, uh, for one, that Julian Castro is not on the list. Um, I mean, obviously, he, he mm-hmm. has a, a large following. He's, he's the only Hispanic on, on running for president, I believe, um, and not even registering. Um, so I think that says something about how disengaged the Latino vote is in terms of supporting just ide- doing identical. Identity politics. Right. Um, I think, you know, also talking about, um, you know, the Bernie Sanders and Evelyn Warren or Elizabeth Warren, excuse me. You know, I think she's in the lead, I think more so because she just combs her hair better than the way Bernie Sanders yep. does. You know, she's more presentable. She's not sounding like, you know, old news because Bernie Bernie's stick has really gotten old since yes. the last time around. He needs um, a new writer. He, he can say he, the same he thing. Needs but a, new, he needs new, new material because everyone's stole in his lines and they're right. using it and presenting it in so much in a so much better fashion. Um, but at the end of the day, again, I think that if you're not connecting with people and really what you're seeing is also is you're not seeing anyone truly Connecting with the black voter base of the Democratic Party. I think Biden captures a lot of that, but there's still an overwhelming part that isn't being engaged at. And what will worry me after the primaries are done, wherever the chips may fall, is that oftentimes everyone that was associated with the Sanders campaign mm-hmm. was a single-issue voter. They only wanted to be a part of the right. movement. And when <clears throat> the movement did not make it, they all stayed home and didn't vote or participate. And we can see a repeat of that in 2020, again, paving the way not just for you know Trump's you know. Primary victory, but also his full-on general election, which I think still is a very real possibility at this point, even with this lineup.
0: Uh, Chris, I want to get your reaction. Any surprises on this list? Anybody s- surprised that, that that it's on it? They're on it, or they're off it, or they're no, low?
3: I'm, I'm not surprised about who's on or off. Who I, I am surprised. One thing I am surprised is that Biden's still at the top, despite uh, the gaps and the fumbles and. Um, it's surprising. Um, you, you know, I, um, it, it could be that a big swath of Democratic primary voters are holding their breath and holding their nose at the same time. Right. Because that happens. Biden. Biden. You know, ostensibly, there's, there's three lanes. There's get angry, be inspired and play it safe. And Biden's a guy who could play well in all three of those lanes. And there's also such antipathy for Trump. Um, that Biden is seen as still viewed as, the, view as the most
0: electable too, by a lot of Democrats.
3: Correct. I think. Correct. Think. E- even among Black voters, which yep. is very notable.
4: Jeannie, but between eighteen and anybody, twenty-four, anybody, would that anybody, be the case. Yeah. Probably not.
1: I, no. I don't. You know, I don't see the Democrats winning in twenty twenty simply because every single one of them raised their hand and said, "Yes, illegal immigrants. I'm all for free health care for them." Rinse and repeat that ad. <laughs> Nobody's buying that stuff. No, they're tired of uh, big government, um, and, and you know, no rule of law, unsecured border. Come on over, and we're going to give you everything for free. Every single Democrat candidate signed on to that. The Amer- that is not where the American people are. Yep. At all, and they are going to fail miserably in 2020.
0: And there's, a reason why, there's a reason why the DNC did not permit any more hands-up
4: questions in
0: debate. <laughs> probably because that picture that probably a words.
10: absolutely. And keep Dan, in mind, oh, and
4: keep in mind too, you know, our own former mayor Rahm Emanuel took a lot of heat about two weeks ago yeah. when he said that everyone running for president. Uh, should be more focused about the millions of Americans who are about to lose their own health insurance under the right. current structure than trying to expand it for individuals who were yet to be citizens, right. and that um, caused quite an uproar good, in and of itself. Point.
0: Well, Ram is a great political
1: you've strategist. Gone far yeah. Left. Yeah, Your party's gone far left, and nobody's yeah. buying it. So um, when we went
2: in 2020 with almost any one he of these him. nominees <laughs> largely because of the most corrupt and most incompetent president again in modern history um, it's but also going to be But you said Donald what, what, when, Can I be back 2000- on with you I'm when here's, the bar here's what you report you comes now, here's out? Here's I want to be back <laughs> on with him
1: when the bar report comes so out look, Please, Dan and I Here's the Dan word about I... where
2: we were and I probably have a slight disagreement with my friend Ray is that um, You know, we carried some weight with our nominee in 2016 that we will not carry in 2020, right? I think, you know, I was one of those people that drank the juice. I was enthusiastic for Hillary and, you know, banging the doors for her. But the fact is, she was a Clinton. The fact is, we had a hard time to pin that who's the one that's better on free trade. Well, it turns out Donald Trump was the one that was for the people against these free trade deals. When we said we've got a serial, you know... Uh, uh, not, rapist isn't the word I'm looking for, but I, I, uh women problems. The Me Too era for Womanizing Donald Trump. What? Right with the Me Too era with the you know 30 <laughs> or 50 women. What <laughs> you, happened you to us? Let happen. What happened to us? We had those other three women that had you know Bill Clinton allegations. So we had issues that we're not going to have in 2020, and Donald Trump's record is going to sink him. Our challenge, I think, is finding. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to have the same issues that we had in 16 with a, uh, a problematic candidate with 20 years of
0: history that was Do you difficult think, to overcome. I, I want to ask our, our, our Republicans. Is Andrew Yang an interesting candidate to you, Chris Baronis.
3: I You know, I, we,
0: we've, we've, cu-
3: we've talked about this before. Um, Universal basic income—it's an interesting idea, you know. There's, it's got conservative support, you know. Charles Murray, Milton Friedman, um, and uh, sure, it should be discussed. Um, I I guess I like outlier candidates who rattle the cages and 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 force um, discussions to happen that wouldn't otherwise. Um, But he's running ahead of
0: Castro. He's running ahead of Amy Klobuchar. He's running against better than better O'Rourke. I mean, and, he's, and he's even with, with, with another United States Senator, Cory Booker. And right. uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for Ron better Paul, PR. R- R- Ron than Paul kind Buttigieg, of occupied the
3: same kind of real estate in mm-hmm. and, and, and past elections. True. And so it, it's, it's good that we've got them out there because, frankly, a lot of these candidates are boring mm-hmm. and they can't yeah. cut through the noise compared to Donald Trump, an arsonist. So you you I mean you're saying any one of them could beat Trump, and I beg to differ because Donald Trump
0: can't. will wallop
2: them. That
3: is I want to ask yeah, Ray anyway. a
0: question, Ray. Um, within the Hispanic community, you described uh, your your constituents uh, in your ward. Um, there's been a question as to whether or not Donald Trump is going to do uh, better than the last time against his, you know with Hispanics. Has Donald Trump's image within the Hispanic community, notwithstanding, unless he's obviously talking about you know jobs and things of that nature, which you may disagree with, has he done anything in your
4: mind that would make Hispanics give him a second chance? No. Okay, 100% no. I didn't think so. I think you know the rhetoric comes off as racist. It comes off as targeting them, whether people agree it or not, see it or not, believe it or not. Um, I know what I hear, and I know the fear and panic that it's caused. Uh, Particularly in my neighborhoods, and I'm sure the same runs through throughout all the countries that have been uh, uh, cities that have been targeted throughout the country uh, as part of like the ACE raids and the rhetoric that goes with it. But I'm sorry, does that mean that you
1: represent a lot of illegal immigrants that are worried about being deported? Because he's got further deportations, (laughs) (laughs) further deportations than Barack Obama. Oh no, further a fraction of the amount. So the facts (laughs) don't add up. And on top of it, your your (laughs) constituencies can't vote for him one way or the other. So I'm, when I listen to Hispanics, though, but when I listen to Hispanics, they are excited about the Trump economy. Uh, they, are, they are happy that uh, he's actually—people he, who came here legally like the fact that he he, uh, he doesn't like illegal immigration, wants to secure the border. So and, there, and, I think there's and, a little and, bit of and, a divide and, and Bruce, as to where you sit. I, I, but, right. and I,
4: but I want to say that, you know, I've seen—and and I know that there are some uh, Latinos out there that are very supportive of Trump and things of that nature, uh, second- or third-generation Latinos that are here and saying, good, send them back. And I remind them that, you know, these are your grandparents, the same— Mm-hmm. Uh, path that they took that you're saying send yeah, back with. Um, but I think that you know, the rhetoric is a lot different than what Obama's was because Obama didn't gleefully dance yeah, in the but he, he, I, he was I'm doing sorry
1: it. though, but he did it. He did far more deportations <coughs> far <coughs> more. Arnold, and when they had that. the majority we they that. chose not okay. to use to Again, solve immigration. They too. did too. not solve immigration. They, they had the majority. They never did anything but about, didn't
0: it. Dance but it. Dance about it. Good point. We got to pause? one 800 When we come back We're going to be talking about Donald Trump and the reason that he gave the other day, why everyone should vote
11: for him. That's right.
0: That's right.
11: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov slash emergency.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, thanks very much for joining us. Our Democrats tonight are... Dan Johnson and Ray Lopez. Ray Lopez is an alderman and the Democratic Ward Committee, been to the 15th Ward in Chicago. And again, uh, he's a very outspoken member of the political climate here in Chicago. And uh, uh, we asked him to be on because I know he's got very strong opinions on uh, national issues as well. Ray, nice to have you with us. Thank you. And uh, Dan Johnson, you've been with us uh, since you were just, uh, just a mere hi. lad. <laughs>
2: just a year.
0: And now you have four children. Four children seven, six, four, and one uh father of four husband of one <laughs> very good yeah right congratulations thank you also with us, our Republicans this evening are Jeannie Ives uh, she is uh, running for Congress uh, and we'll hear more from her and her opponents as the campaign goes on and uh, also Chris Veronis joins us and he has announced that uh, he's not he isn't he's he might be open to to uh, Supporting someone who challenges Donald Trump in the primary. I did not say that. You said that I somebody said it. I, it, was wasn't, very I it.
2: I heard it. I heard it. While you were talking to Chris, I heard that somebody was So open. does
0: that mean you're not going to support uh, Bill Weld if he runs or if he stays in the race? No, and I'd be perfectly comfortable with voting for none of the above again. Again, and he did that before. So that's your position because again you know once upon a time it was it was sort of easy to book the show because you had a republican or you had a democrat and Times then have in changed, the campaign uh, in the campaign in the past no you had to have you know a bernie sanders democrat and then you had to have hillary clinton democrat and this year obviously that still continues although there's more than just uh, you know bernie sanders on the progressive side but uh, you've got people that are also uh, uh, independent. I mean, Ray is a Democratic ward committeeman. He hasn't found anybody. in there's in 22 people, 23 people running. Uh, you know, he he gave up when Hickenlooper gave up. He said, there's nobody, <laughs> "Nobody left for me to get excited about." So well,
4: my see, hopes uh, and dreams when I'm it. Yeah, and
0: you're, and you're basically saying uh, there is a Hickenlooper. That was that was that was that was the. That was the, that was the uh, that was it, Hickenlooper. Look,
2: Trump 2020, I give up. Hickenlooper was our
5: savior. That's, that's right.
0: <laughs> anyway, we'll have you back as the campaign unfolds. Maybe you'll, you'll find somebody along the along the road. And again, uh, it's always nice to hear from the Republicans and what's going on. And uh, I want to talk about uh, the president in just a moment, but also I want to mention something to you. And uh, you've heard me, uh, this was several months ago, we started a GoFundMe page for uh, Beyond the Beltway. And this is an opportunity, if you listen or watch this program, whether you're listening to us on radio or you're watching us on YouTube or you're watching us on Facebook Live, uh, to help fund this program with the satellite distribution of the show, if you'd like to go to uh, the GoFundMe page, look up Beyond the Beltway at GoFundMe.com. There'll be an opportunity for you to make a contribution if you'd like to do it. Uh, We we announced this about six or seven months ago. We got to about 50% of our goal uh, and uh, we're now looking for the back half of 2019. So if it's something that uh, you're interested in having this program continue on a regular basis and you like it and you want to send some money our way uh, to make it happen, uh, it is appreciated. Again, the GoFundMe page, uh, and then just look up beyondthebeltway.com. Uh, the president has been out on the hustings again. He went to uh, New Hampshire mm-hmm. uh, recently, and uh, he, offered, uh, he offered an opportunity uh, or a... Um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an opportunity, and a, and a recipe uh, for re-election for himself, obviously. And he asked people to think about where they, where their li- lot in life is, because he thinks if you look at your lot in life, and you look at the political oppositions or op- uh, opportunities that are before you, you're going to come to one clear decision. Here's how the president put it in New Hampshire.
9: We begin this campaign tonight with the best record, the best results, the best agenda, and the only positive vision for the people of New Hampshire. You have no choice but to vote for me, because you have 401Ks down the tubes. Everything's going to be down the tubes. So whether you love me or hate me, you got to vote for me.
0: All right, that was the assessment of the president, and Robert is listening to us on KLBJ in Austin. He wants to pick up on that point. Uh, Robert, nice to have you with us. Go ahead.
9: Good evening, always a pleasure. It's, it's Roger. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. You, you, you got a lot of balls to juggle. Um, you know, he, he's right, because he, you, you've got a group of Democrats on the presidential campaign trail that are all playing Santa Claus and trying to outgive themselves and are completely oblivious or apparently are oblivious to the fact that we have a 22 trillion dollar debt, that we have trillion dollar unsustainable deficits and that the programs they want to give Medicare for all. Medicare based on the trustee report is going insolvent, Medicaid is going insolvent. And, you know, these people would wreck the economy. And as long as Trump holds it together, uh, he's in for sure. Because people aren't going to take a chance with these crazy people like Bernie that want to spend trillions of
0: dollars that we don't have. In other words. And- Roger, Roger, stay on the line. Take, take a breath. We're going to give you a final word, but we're going to let uh, Dan Johnson... I'll offer his assessment because he's a big uh, Bernie guy, so Bernie bro. Quickly, um, Bernie uh,
2: bro. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a new one. Uh, but thank you. Uh, so quickly, when the recession hits before November 2020, perhaps you agree with me that the president's reelection campaign will sink along with it. You After guy. our well, look, our you know debt fueled economic party that the recklessly stupid. Tax cuts oh, have generated. Will eventually run oh, out of oh, gas. Oh Thank you for those deficits that we will be paying for for the next twenty years. So you're you're,
8: you
1: you're on, on not the other hand, say that with oh, a straight face. Well, it's just you, math. nine trillion dollars in additional you, debt under Obama. You you're living taxes, in the worst-run state in the second, union because so Chicago that, Democrats second. have. So,
2: on the Story Medicare to. for All side, and doing what every other civilized country on the planet does, which is simply extend health care to all their citizens. Of course, we can pay for it. We're already paying two and a half times what it costs to do that. We just give it away to insurance companies, and we Not never true. negotiate with pharmaceutical Not companies, true. and we allow them to build skyscrapers around the country. Are you?
0: Is it safe it's to assume
1: anti-private? Are you? Companies. Are you
0: cheering for bad fiscal news? Is it bad fiscal news? is good for the Democrats.
1: I mean,
2: undoubtedly... Uh, so if there's a reception,
0: the, you're going to be happy.
4: It's good I, for the non-incumbent, no matter who that may be. It is
2: always good. I mean, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. It When the recession inevitably hits, it'd be better if it hit before twenty November 2020. And that's just a fact. So it w- there will be a recession. It's coming. And sure, I prefer that people be educated about the consequences of the president and the Republican Party's Reckless now, let me, ask, let me ask
0: our Republicans. If any one of the aforementioned Democrats uh, make it, let's let's take Elizabeth Warren. If Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders were to make it and they the Democratic nominee and they become president of the United States, the president has painted a picture of what's going to happen if, if he loses. What do you think is going to happen, Chris? What if the American people said, you know what, we've, we've, we embraced Donald Trump, and we're throwing him out, and we're going to bring in Elizabeth Warren. What happens?
3: We've already seen what's happened, and the Obama recovery was a stagnant one because there's so much cash that's set on the sidelines. Fact. There was very little investment because of regulatory uncertainty, and then the economy took off after a Republican presidency. These are the facts. And so um, I mean, we know what's going to happen. But, but, but getting back to, like, the, the new version of are you better off in four years, I mean, I, I just have to say um, I, I, I think Trump is right because he owns the economy. It's on his watch, even though ostensibly I mean, he, he has very little impact on it. The Fed has very little impact it. But, but, but politically, he owns this economy. The problem is, is that Donald Trump is all about the big bludgeoned, um, he's there's, there's not really a precise guy. And so if you own if you own it on the upside, you got to own it on the downside. And the warning lights are disturbing. And so we're, we're overdue. We're overdue for a recession. I'm not wishing for one, but I'm just saying, what would Donald Trump do if there was bad economic news? He'd
0: be looking to blame Obama. To, to, to blame someone else. <laughs> and have. I think that's silly. I think that's silly. What, 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 happens, well, it, what happens if Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren get elected.
1: Uh, then you're assured a recession because corporations are going to have no confidence in their leadership and they're immediately going to reverse the tax corporate tax cuts that have been very effective in uh, bringing more jobs and investment yeah. in the U.S. Rages have gone They're up. They're going to completely th- destroy the economy that way. They'll start to give away things. The deficit, if you think it's bad now, it's going to spiral out of control, and you're going to see an immediate number of recess- uh, recession, and, it'll pro- and it could possibly be worse than 08, 09.
0: Do you agree with the president's rhetoric in New Hampshire, and that is— you got to go with me, whether you love me absolutely. or not. Absolutely, 100 percent agree. Because if agreed. you don't go with me, you're selling the country down the, the tubes.
1: That is absolutely look. The Dow has done marvelous under uh, the president, it does, it, despite even in spite of the recent setback with the tariff um, uh, uncertainty with China. But that's going. I think honestly, I think that's going to get resolved. The Chinese need our our markets just Great as much fish. as we need them.
4: You know, I think. You know all the political hypotheticals at the national level are great, but at the end of the day, the question will always be: Are you better four years, four years from four years ago? And if you're paying more in federal income taxes, and you're seeing that it's harder to get loans, and you're seeing that it's, you know, all kinds of uncertainty and things of that nature going greater and greater, the answer is going to be no. I know myself, for example, uh, my income taxes skyrocketed. And if there are others that, like me that may be on the fence or don't know, or they, they might fall for this, well, the economy might be good, or you know the 401ks are doing great. But if you don't have money in the stock market, that's right. not going to impact you. Right. If you are just a regular working American in main, on Main Street USA, and your taxes are going up, the bills are going up, and everything that you hear in Wall Street and all that sounds great but doesn't impact you, you're not doing better than you were four in years Illinois. ago. And you will remember that. And that will apply in every city throughout this country. What about
0: if you're making more money than you did? Does it make any difference as to what your income is? Or is it just basically the taxes and everything else? Well, I mean,
4: if your taxes are going up, no matter New how much money headline, you make, it's still going to be taken New from York the government. New York
1: Times headline, if, if you think you uh, uh, didn't uh, get a tax uh, cut, you did. We're going
0: to have to wait for that New <laughs> York, York Times headline. Well, who knows? They may change yeah, it by the time you think, say it. You. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg. And I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
8: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do
10: online at socialsecurity.gov.
11: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
0: For those watching us on television, we just showed you some beautiful pictures of Spokane, Washington, and we're going to head there now. uh, Listening to us on KXLY is Mike, who's a regular and frequent guest of this program. Nice to have you with us, Mike. Hope things are well in Spokane tonight. It is. It's about 75 degrees. Perfect. Thanks for taking my call. Um, as, you, as you know,
9: Spokane is the home of Bing Crosby. Yes. Bing Crosby grew up in yep. Guangzhou University, Guangzhou yep. in basketball. Yep. But I, I would like to talk about uh, Hong Kong's options or protesters rallying each day against communist China's attempts yep. to restrict Hong Kong's freedom. <coughs> as you know, China's military is ready to intervene. So where are the voices in governments around the world to support the people of Hong Kong? Myself, I will not buy any item of the made in China light label. Uh, let's support our Hong Kong protesters. Both type all goods made in China. We the people we need to speak, if our political leaders do
0: not okay. support Hong Kong protesters. Okay, I, Mike, uh, that would be a long list if we wanted to boycott everything made in China, but I want to give everybody an opportunity to respond to what you just said. We'll begin with Chris Veronis. Chris, what is your take on what the United States position should be vis-a-vis the protesters in Hong Kong?
3: Um, it, it, it's tough because uh, China is such uh, a global power. And um, I think you really have to excuse both ends of embrace or rejection. I, I think George H.W. Bush kind of had the right the right mindset, which was, there were actions taken, but at the same time, you wanted engagement. Um, it'd be far worse if we walked away from them. Um, and, and they were—they were—you you want restraint. You want the restraint that comes with a relationship. I am bothered. I have to say that there's just not any kind of moral support coming from the United States to the protesters. Yes. That's conspicuously mm-hmm. absent. It's bothersome. It should be there. You know. And I have to say, I, I know you're not going to like this. Trump just doesn't is not a natural in that rhetorical real estate. He, he is he's not comfortable speaking in moral terms. It's 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 bothersome, and especially uh, when when you when you side that with um, not uh, criticizing Saudi Arabia for killing a journalist. I mean, again, it's just a little genie doesn't go down well.
1: No, we should completely stand with the Hong Kongers, and we should be on their side. And the fact that they're waving the flag of freedom. American flags in the streets of Hong Kong is a testament to how powerful that symbol is around the world. And so, I mean, it, it makes it bother you, you that no, doesn't, the president
3: it, isn't saying anything about it?
1: I, I think he should speak up and boldly uh, proclaim that we're standing with the Hong Kong uh, folks and the people who are protesting. And I, I actually believe, you know, look, this is another case of those rule of law. You've mm-hmm. got a contract that was signed. And identified, and we should be helping to enforce that as well. Hong Kong is obviously a very important um, uh, financial center in, in the world, and you know the president should come out strongly and support the the folks who are on the protest side.
2: I, I agree with Jeannie that um, it's this is an inspiring moment, and uh, I think it's the great global clash now between the rule of law and democracy and thuggish authoritarianism and uh, we should be firmly on the side of Hong Kong, as we should everywhere around the world, and we should you know, always take an opportunity to recommit internally to freedom and the rule of law and reject all forms of thuggish authoritarianism, which sometimes is creeping into our governments way too much.
4: Right. I agree with Chris. You know, it's problematic that we have silence from the White House, and I think that, you know, prophetically, I'm sure if the Chinese were to... Um, injure or kill some of these protesters, then we'd probably hear something from Donald Trump saying, well, you know the chinese military was just doing what it had to do that's probably oh, going to be the only no, time we're going to hear, hear them that. come forward no because it seems no. to be the only I'm time that he, he finds his not moral compass is when he's coming to the aid to defend people who are doing bad things whether it's plowing down protesters in our own country which he said yes. you know oh yes. well you know they're very fine people that, you know, you're, you're, getting that, you're absolutely getting that quoting that's, correct that's what
0: he said he did and not
1: say that
4: on both
0: sides Uh, uh, Mike, we got to go. Thanks very much. Let's go to uh, Mark in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's been a long time since we've heard from North Carolina. Listening tonight on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, POTUS 124. Go ahead, Mark.
9: Hey, Bruce. uh, First of all, I I, I greatly appreciate the show. I listen every single week. Thank you. Um, one One of the things, calling from a red state, and I listen every single week uh, about the challenges that are going on in Chicago and <coughs> many of the other metropolitan areas that have been under Democratic control for so long. Is there, uh, why wouldn't you turn over the reins of the entire country to those, to those folks
0: that have run those cities into the ground so that they can take their coordination more if you will? I mean, Dan, what about it?
2: Well, first of all, I, I know Mark hung up, so it's a little unfair for me to say this, but uh, I thought North Carolina was a purple state these days, not a red state. But also, I think you guys just picked a uh, Queens guy from New York City to run the country, so it's hard for uh, Republicans not to own that big city leadership yep. thing, at least these days as well. Um, well, it's, it's... Oh, good, you're still here. Good. He's not hanging <laughs> oh, up. Good, good. Good. <laughs> glad, I'm glad. I'm Yeah, no, he
7: could be
9: from anywhere and share the
6: value.
0: I missed him. He could so, be from he could, he could be from anywhere, but is well. He's from New is, York
4: City, which is a big so? coastal yeah. city. <clears throat> and I think the caller's question is, well, why would you import you know big city leadership throughout the nation? You already have that. Actually, you've had it for you're going on 12 years now. You've had that, um, and it's no different than what a, a major city would say to rural America. Why do we have to be held hostage to populations that are smaller than us when we're trying to have a discussion on like how to in move the United all of States us says. forward? Like Mitch McConnell, who's got right, a like Mitch state McConnell. that's probably twice the size of my ward, and yet he's holding everyone hostage. Mark,
0: thanks very much for your call. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for listening to us on Sirius XM Radio. And I want to thank Dan Johnson and uh, Ray Lopez for joining us, representing the Democrats tonight. Thank you. Thank our you, Republicans you. have been Jeannie Ives and Chris Veronis. We thank them very much. Uh, I'm Bruce Dumont. I want to thank Fritz Goldman and also uh, Andrew for his excellent uh, production of the broadcast this evening. Until next week, at the same time, same station, I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.
5: Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it.
8: Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline Social Security, securing today and tomorrow.
10: See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
11: Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov Emergency.
5: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
6: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family.
7: America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives.
8: I'm a veteran. My
9: victory was going from homeless to home.
7: At DAV. We all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.